Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today's no exception. We have a great guest, but first, a quick chat about goal setting. Goal setting is one of the most important aspects to achieving anything in life. If you don't know where you're going, you might end up someplace else. I'd like to invite you to join me for three days on the Mexican Riviera for an intensive goal setting retreat so that you start your 2020 with energy, purpose, focus, and momentum. The annual goal setting retreat will take place over the first weekend in December on the beautiful Mexican Riviera. Registration is now open. You can register directly at victorjm.com events. That's victorjm.com events. Or send an email to goals at victorjm.com. That's goals at victorjm.com. We keep these retreats small and intimate. This event will sell out. Send an email to goals at victorjm.com. We are back here on the weekend edition. We interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today's no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Sacramento, California. Welcome to the show, Al Williamson. Hey, thank you, Victor. Glad to be here. Espresso is great. Thanks, you, Al. Al, you've been in real estate for quite some time and you've done a bunch of different things. Why don't you give us a little bit of your backstory, how you got into this crazy world of real estate investing? Okay. Like most people, when you have a transition, either a kid or a marriage, that's what happened to me. I got married and I needed a place to stay. And um, I was at a church picnic and a fellow said, you guys should move into a duplex. And this is back in um, 1996. So I started um, thinking about that and reading about that. And I pushed my new bride into a three-unit building and made her, we stayed there for like four years and it did pretty well. And then we um, ended up buying an eight-unit building a few years later on. And that was in a troubled neighborhood. And we were, we were kind of devoted ourselves to improving the neighborhood, which happened. And we ended up capturing a lot of equity from then we were able to do uh, short-term rentals because the neighborhood was better. And that's kind of led me to where I am now. We operate a, what I call a decentralized extended stay company. So that's what, that's where I am now years later. I love it. Well, short-term rentals have captured a lot of attention, not just in your community, but nationwide. Some communities have embraced them. Some have opposed them. Certainly the hotel lobby has done a lot to, push back on short-term rentals. What's been your perspective on that? Oh, I absolutely agree with you. I focus on the extended stay version of short-term rentals. Usually my stays are four to seven months at a time. So it's the extended stay version. We also do some um, two months rentals as well. We're not doing the, the overnight weekend stays. So we don't end up uh, being hampered by any uh, of the city ordinances. That makes an awful lot of sense. Now, when, in fact, that's where I got my start in real estate. Uh, I live in Ottawa, Canada. It's a government town. And I noticed, perhaps like you, that there was a void in the marketplace. I found that in particular for parliamentary staff, embassy staff, military officers, a 12-month unfurnished lease was of no use to them. A suite hotel where you're paying a nightly rate was of no use to them. And there was a gap in the market. And I saw a need for that medium-term rental, fully furnished, an executive suite product where there was a housing allowance dedicated for those particular folks. And if you knew that number and you priced at that number, you had to figure out what was the right product to deliver at that price point. And that's how I started in real estate. So I, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting perspective 
and now are you just in the Sacramento market or are you in other markets as well? No, I, we focus just on Sacramento. We, there's plenty of opportunity here. Sacramento is the capital of California. So similar to what you have, we have those type of government as well as um, um, uh, medical and, and all kinds of opportunities. There are plenty right here. I don't need to go anywhere else. I love it. What have you found to be the biggest challenges with the medium-term rental business? You know, the, the, um, for me, was the biggest challenge was to outsource it and to actually write down. <laughs> I, needed to, I ended up turning things into a checklist, and then I hired a VA to operate that because, as, as you know, you can, since things aren't happening every day, you can lose track of when when person's moving out. So <laughs> that's important. So I, um, I start tracking that through a VA and starting up the marketing activities as someone was, was uh, 20 days out. So that, that was the thing. We got that ironed out now. So we're, we're doing well right now. That's great. What kind of a premium are you getting over, say, a straight market rent for an unfurnished unit? Oh, gosh. We could be up to seven. On the, I only measure net income. That's the only okay. thing that really matters. So sometimes we would be between five to, to 10 times net income with, with these furnished rentals. And, and net income, are you talking cash flow or are you talking net income before debt service? We're talking cash flow. Okay. And that makes sense because it doesn't take a huge, you know, when you've got debt on a property, the cash flow is a relatively thin profit margin. That's and right. so if you, if you can get, I don't know, 25, 30% more gross rent, you, you can easily multiply your, your net income. You can easily multiply your cash flow just with that small increase in rent for what I imagine is a fairly modest increase in total investment. Oh, absolutely. We, we try to break even on our investments between six and six to 10 months. We'll, we'll get all of our furnishings and whatever we do to it um, back. And it's kind of infinite returns after that. That's fantastic. And when you're designing your product, are you targeting a very specific client? For example, are you going after more of a high-end market? Are you going with IKEA furniture? What, what's been the positioning of the product? Yeah, that's, we, we go after IKEA products. We, we stick to our government service administration here. The, the GSA.gov um, puts out what the government hotel rates are, and we try to beat those by 20% so that we know that we, we're attractively priced to um, government workers and medical and, and insurance as well. I think that's really smart because if you work backwards from what the customers are willing to pay then you can position yourself in the marketplace and you can have a product that's differentiated, one that's actually servicing the need of your target customer as opposed to simply saying, I'm going to buy a place, I'm going to furnish it, and I'm going to put it out there for some price that I dreamed up. Much, much better off coming up with a product that is specifically for your target customer. I love that. Yeah, 100% agree with that. If you fast forward the next 24, 48 months, what's, uh, what's the plan? Well, we've been successful with this short extended stay version. We're taking our cash flow and we're remodeling a building with it and going to create um, more of an extended stay hotel now. So we found a, uh, someone who was struggling in, in our commercial district. They didn't have money to do the, the remodel that they needed to, but they were perfectly located. So what we did, we uh, assumed 50% of their debt. Uh, their mortgage and all those things. And then we're doing the remodel ourselves with our money and going to create an extended stay hotel. Fantastic. And is there an exit strategy? Maybe some 
some ways down the road, perhaps a refinance or something like that that would allow you to take your chips back off the table? Oh, yeah, absolutely. In, in, in the States here, there's a, a, a big dip in the interest rate. So it's, it's a great time to get for institutional financing right now. We wanted to um, bring that on, you know, construction to permanent financing a little bit later on. We, we wanted to get some traction and um, we thought we'd be able to float the project with the additional income from the hospitality industry income that we were getting. So that's what we're finding. We, we, um, we know that we have more demand that we get than we have supply. So we feel really good about expanding this way. I'm really glad you said that. I'm one of these guys that's a firm believer in the laws of supply and demand. An awful lot of real estate folks don't use that language very often. They tend to talk <laughs> about market comps and they tend to talk about things like that. And they seem to forget this fundamental law of supply and demand. Yep. And when there's a shortage of supply and there's an excess of demand, I love those market conditions because you've got a robust market condition that's going to persist for a long period of time to come. That's right. And we kind of have our, our safety nets defined. We, we can always drop back to long-term furnished rentals um, if, if, um, if things get tight. And we can always drop back from there to standard traditional unfurnished rentals. Uh, so we got a couple of different um, exit strategies on our way out as well. So we feel pretty good about it. I love it. I love it. Well, folks want to learn more and they want to get in touch. What's the best way? Best way is to email me is al at leadinglandlord.com. And I have a blog called lead, leadinglandlord.com as well. So al at leadinglandlord. Plus, I'm on every social media place. You can find me, <laughs> uh, Facebook and Twitter and everywhere. So Al Williamson, you can find me anywhere. Well, Al, I love what you're saying here because there's so many folks out there that are focusing on short-term rentals in communities where the communities are opposed to them. They go out, they put together a business case based on something that may change in six months or a year's time when City Hall gets their act together and decides what they really want to do with this. And so you're staying outside of all of that. You're filling a gap within the marketplace. I think it's brilliant. You're focused in a market that is stable. There's actually a shortage of housing in Sacramento. It wasn't always the case, but it, it is now. And uh, congratulations. I love it. Hey, thank you. I'm glad you, you you're, sound like you're on the same path. So congratulations to you as well. Right on. Well, for the listeners at home, definitely reach out to, to Al at leadinglandlord.com. In the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow.